It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. No offense to our guy there, uh, Chris Canty, but I'm not sure that that's true yet, Gabe Neitzel. That the, that the, the live tour – I. There's no way the PGA Tour players are going to agree to the live guys just being able to come back no matter what. I mean, Brooks Kepka will be able to because he's Brooks Kepka and he's won the PGA, et cetera. But I think a lot of those other guys, the PGA Tour players are just not going to have it, right, that those guys can just immediately come back. It's certainly going to be a case-by-case basis. Like you said, somebody like Brooks Kepka or Dustin Johnson. They'll be back. Yeah, I think they'll be back. Maybe somebody like Phil Mickelson, who's been a lot more boisterous and has been taking victory laps and has you know kind of led the charge with the, hey, DOJ should be looking into the PGA Tour and all those different things. My guess is the path to get back to the PGA Tour is going to be a little bit different for someone like him. And what happens to Greg Norman, by the way? Uh, he's <laughs> you talk about a guy who now has nowhere left. to go. I mean, nowhere to go. It is uh, Canty Carl and Matt Jones. And uh, Gabe Neitzel, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career you'll love with flexibility, great pay and benefits, and one of the country's top workplaces? Well, maybe not the PGA Tour now, but you can go to Progressive Insurance. Come join their growing team. Go to Progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. Well, I want to get back to Live Tour, but first I want to ask you, you know, you and I are in sort of God's country here in the Midwest and South where, you know, the air is free and roaming, but that is not what is happening through a lot of the eastern part of the United States. These pictures out of New York oh of the air in New York City. I'm sure some of you are, are listening now as you're driving around. It looks like something from a movie, and they're going to try, at least as of now, to play the baseball game tonight. I don't know how they're going to do that. I'm not there. So as a matter of fact, if you are there, this is one of these I want somebody who's in it. 888-SAY-ESPN. Call. This will be like the radio when I was a kid, and people just call in to say what the weather is. 888-SAY-ESPN. It's raining here. Yeah, I just want to see. I want to talk to somebody there about how bad it is and how much they're mad at Canada about it, Gabe, that their wildfires are causing all this air problem in in New York and the East Coast. I saw a picture. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) No, they're not. <laughs> That's right. They're not a real country, and yet they're causing all these problems. Uh, do you think they can play the baseball game there tonight? I, I, I don't think they can, just based on the pictures I've seen. And most of the pictures I've seen on social media have said, this picture doesn't do justice how bad it, it just, you know, and smoky it is and how much you can't see. I saw one yesterday. You were saying it's like a movie. Somebody showed a picture of a scene from the movie Blade Runner 2049. And, okay. a, you know, just like a shot of Manhattan. And it was eerie how similar they were. And Blade Runner 2049, from my understanding is kind of like an apocalyptic type movie, apocalyptic type scene that they were trying to compare Just it to. Just keep trying to it's say apocalyptic. Unreal. I'm enjoying <laughs> listening to that. Will trying you try one more time? Try one more time. Apocalyptic. There you go. There there go. Third go. time's a charm. Yeah. Hey, there, yeah. we eventually got there. 
Yeah, it was an apopoplyptic, as you said a second ago. All right, so we have people now who are there. 888-SAY-ESPN. They're standing in the smoke. You know, the Belmont Stakes is this weekend. What about the poor horses? Are oh they going to run? You know, what are they going to do? Drew is in Pennsylvania. Where in Pennsylvania are you, Drew? Drew? Hello. Hello. The smoke didn't get you, Drew. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here, man. Where in Pennsylvania are you? Right outside of Scranton. All right, so how bad is it in Scranton? Can you still see Dunder Mifflin? <laughs> no, it's it's pretty bad, man. It's about maybe 500 feet visibility. Uh, Five. it's, it's a real nightmare out here. Okay, so, like, let me ask you, when you're breathing it, when you're sort of taking it, because normally Scranton smells great, by the way, having been there before. (laughs) When when you're breathing it in, that was mean. I shouldn't have said that. But when you're breathing it in, can you, you like, taste it, the smoke? You can can taste it. You can smell it. Your clothes stink. Um, It's it's not good, man. You're not – they're telling you not to be outside more than three to five minutes at a time. Three to five minutes?! Yeah, no, no excessive um, exercise or strenuous activities, and do, no deep breathing. No deep breathing. Well, so so That's don't do. Okay, there's my <laughs> lesson. Thank you very much. Don't do yoga tonight in Scranton. I need to cancel my class, my outdoor park class. Can you? That sounds bad, doesn't it? That sounds bad. It seems less than ideal conditions to play a sport outside. Like if somebody's legging out a triple and then has to, you know, really start breathing in and out, it seems bad for they, for the games being played out. And I think don't the Yankees have a like Scranton Wilkes Bear, Wilkes Bar, Wilkes Bar. Yeah, they, they do have yes, they do have a, a minor league affiliate in Scranton. I don't know if that team happens what's, to be home or if they're away to What's tonight. the other town? Wilkes Bar? Or I think you're correct, yeah. I, well, whatever. It's there, there. So everyone be careful there. Lisa is in New York. Are you in the city, Lisa? No, I'm upstate. Oh, okay. So what's it like upstate? You, you, you said that like you don't like the city. It was like you almost were looking your nose <laughs> down on them. Am I right? Well, I'm from Kentucky, and I traveled up here for work, and it okay. is so crazy. It smells like a campfire you cannot see the sky. It is so terrible. Listen and to that. there's all these old people around here and they're all complaining, but <laughs> you can't you can't even see anything. Like I drove in from Newark and you can't even see the city or Manhattan or anything. It is disgusting. All right. Well thank you very much, Lisa. I don't know why she threw in there were old people everywhere. I don't game <laughs> game I'm old not sure what that is. Old people especially not be outside. The old people need to stay inside. I think that's what she was trying to say. I like how she was just like there are old people everywhere. And that's not good either. Well, if you have more on we will keep you up to date here on weather on the nines here at uh Canty and Carlin, eight 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 say ESPN. We'll go back for a second to uh, the smoke that has been around golf with the PGA Tour and the Live Tour. Now, Roy McElroy, we tried to get this sound earlier, but we have it. This is his comment today when he was asked if all of the taking up for the PGA Tour, if he felt like he was kind of left to hang out to dry. Here's what he said. It's hard, to, it's hard for me to not sit up here and feel somewhat like a sacrificial lamb and, you know, feeling like I've put myself out there and – this is what happens. Again, removing myself from the situation, I see how this is better for the game of golf. There's no denying that. But for me as an individual, yeah, I. there's just going to have to be conversations that are had. 
you know, he was the face of all this, and I think there's a lesson in this, and I, I feel weird saying it because, you know, it applies to everybody, but it's the truth. Major corporations, they don't you, – you can't trust them. Right, you just can't nope. like that. Like they, you always should do ultimately what's best for you, because this Rory situation is perfect. Who's bigger in golf than Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy? No one, nobody. And they put those two guys out in front and said, "Take up for us." And Tiger Woods, the biggest name in golf history, and Rory McIlroy, one of the five biggest names in golf history, go out and do it. And then the tour just says, "Eh, sorry." That's the way it works. And if they would do it to Tiger and Rory, then any company is going to do that to anybody. And Gabe, that's why ultimately these people all should just do what's best for them. Yeah, and I I wonder, because Rory looks around at the sports landscape, and I think we're seeing more and more player empowerment. You know, it starts in the NBA. You're starting to see it more in the NFL, where players are having more of a say of the future of the organization in which they work for. You know, that's what happens when you are the biggest star in the NFL, when you're Patrick Mahomes and you have a 10-year contract with the Kansas City Chiefs. It's what happens in the NBA and you're Giannis Adetokounmpo or you're uh, Joachim, or, or if you're Jokic or if you're, you know, one of these big stars, you have a say in the future of the franchise because the franchise wants to make sure you're happy. Well, the PJ Tour wanted to make sure that Rory was happy and he wasn't going to go anywhere until they secured the bag for themselves. That's exactly right. You're exactly right. And, you know, the lesson for all of us is we're all expendable. Even Tiger and Rory. As crazy as that is. Even Whoa. Tiger and Rory. I mean, look, I love working at ESPN. But one day I'll get a little notice that will say, game, that will say, Matt, thank you for your time. You know, I hope you enjoyed it here, and we'll see you later. Like, that's the way it goes. And I just, as I was watching Rory today, if they made Rory stand out there and take the heat as he did for a year, his game suffered. To some people, his reputation suffered. For some people, it got better, For some, but for some, it suffered. And if they would let him do that and then make him have to eat it, then they'll do it to anyone, and I just don't know how the PGA Tour players, I don't know how they ever again trust their leadership or trust the Tour to really do anything. Do you? No, I don't think they can trust their leadership. I think that was a lot. That was kind of the main message from the players' meeting that their commissioner, Jay Monahan had yesterday at the Canadian Open. The, the message that came out of there was, hey, they don't trust this guy. And I'm curious to see if Jay Monahan continues in any sort of leadership role because there's no way he can. A lot of the players who left and now are going to want to come back, they already threw Jay Monahan under the bus. Now all these other players who are there want to throw Jay Monahan under That's the bus. Yeah. But he's I, I don't know how he goes forward as any sort of figurehead for for this unless the money that's coming in says, well, the money's well, not going to come I mean, in unless Jay Monahan's the guy. That's ultimately, and this is going to be my my prediction, okay? Shannon, I want you to put this on tape like you did my Gabe Vincent uh, (laughs) comment so that you can have it. Here's what's going to end up happening. First of all, the Justice Department is going to look into this, and the Justice Department may cause the deal as it situates now to not be the final deal. Like, I mean, that may be what ends up happening. It may be the case that the worst possible option is after fracturing the relationship between the players and the tour, et cetera, they don't even get to do this anyway because <laughs> the Justice Department stops it. That, that's a real possibility. Yes. But let's just assume that it does happen. 
I think what's gonna how this is all gonna end, Gabe, is that everyone, every single person, is gonna end up paid off and acting like nothing has happened. And that's what I think Rory meant when he said, "Take myself out of it, and it's best for the game of golf." The networks are gonna all of a sudden have a lot more money to show golf. The players are going to all of a sudden have a lot more money. Everything is going to be richer on the PGA Tour. But whatever sort of line there was, there was a moral line that at least theoretically was there that's gone. And my question is, when do baseball, maybe not baseball so much, but when does the NBA and other American sports that have a worldwide appeal when does this cross into their area? Because my guess is it's coming. i got to imagine it's coming pretty soon. Because the PIF, the Saudi Investment Fund, that is going to be the money now behind men's professional golf, they're already in the Premier League. They own the majority stake of, of a soccer team. Now they pretty much own all of men's professional golf, assuming this ends up going F1 through. F1 racing. F1 racing. They have the Aramco series. They, and by they the way... Continue to- Go ahead, infiltrate no, go everything. Ahead. So, and the F one racing NBA shows team, that F one racing shows that our American media companies are not against showing it because we do. Yes, a hundred percent. And if there's an NBA team or an NFL team that comes up, this thing is going to be worth a trillion dollars a year from now. The Saudi investment fund—they've got more money than they know what to do with. Yeah, yeah. they're going to throw a couple of billion dollars towards you know the the NBA owners or the NFL owners just to get in. Should one of those franchises? The NBA is available. the interesting one to me because pro football is not a thing in a lot of the world. You know what I mean? Like I, sure. I don't think people in the Middle East don't care about American football, but the NBA will be the interesting. Because the NBA is going to have the ability at some point to have the Saudi investment fund or or owners come into it. You just mentioned they now basically own golf. Yep. They are a huge part of F1. I'll Mm -hmm. tell you another sport they're a huge part of. Horse racing. Professional wrestling. Professional wrestling. The WWE does multiple shows there every year. Horse racing. We've had multiple Kentucky Derby winners owned by Saudi Arabian owners. The most expensive race in the world is now in Saudi Arabia. So after the Kentucky Derby, the best horses, a lot of them go to Saudi Arabia to wrestle in that. So, like, that stuff is happening already. But it does feel like, Gabe, that if it gets into one of the big four, baseball, basketball, football, hockey, it's a different step. But part of me thinks this news just means, Gabe, it's going to happen. The question is just when. Yeah, and I guess the only way I would push back on the NFL thing, I I don't know how many people or how many fans there are of professional golf in Saudi Arabia. They do have a professional golf event there, as that's kind of what started this whole thing to begin with when they had an event there that was initially a part of the European Tour, and we don't need to go into all the details on that. But they're just looking to normalize their business relations. That's true. If they're still no, looking right. to if they're still looking to infiltrate more into the United States, that's the quickest way there is through the uh, NFL. Danny is in New Jersey as we continue Smoke Watch 2023. Danny, where in New Jersey are you? Uh, hello, yes, I'm in uh, East Orange, New Jersey. East Orange, New Jersey. That's where uh, is that Seton Hall? That's is that North, where that is? North Jersey by like. Up North Jersey by like Newark and Montclair and stuff. Up that, yeah. up that way. Isn't that where Seton Hall is, Gabe? Or am I wrong about that? Um, I guess never mind. Yeah. It doesn't what matter. Tell me about. It doesn't matter. What? It, tell. How bad is the smoke there in East Orange? Can you see West Orange? 
Wait a minute. Seton Hall's in South Orange. There are there are four directions right. of oranges in New wait, Jersey. <laughs> North Shannon, South is East that right? right? Is there? Is, wait a minute. Hang on just a second. I, this yeah. is more interesting to me than the smoke. Danny, is there a north, a west, an east, and a south orange in New Jersey? Yes, it is. Huh. That's wild. I had no idea about that. All right. So in East Orange, or wherever you are, can you see the rest of it? No, it's pretty big. The oranges are they they're pretty big though, but no, nah, I can't see it. Huh. Well, are you gonna stay stay safe? Can you smell when you go outside, can you smell the smoke? Yeah, you, you smell it, um you breathe in it, is it's in your it's on your clothes. Yeah. Right, well, I, I probably, appreciate oranges it. probably about thirty minutes from New York. All right, well I appreciate it, Danny. There you go. They say if you're outside in New York City today, it's as if you're smoking six cigarettes. Now, Gabe, have you ever smoked in a day six cigarettes? I I have not. Now, for some people, that's like an hour. You know, they can smoke six. You know, they're they're just chain smoking one after the other, so they can you know go through that quickly. But no, I have not done six cigarettes in a single day. Have you? I don't think I've ever smoked a cigarette. I've just always thought they were very gross and sort sure. of like I grew up, you know, my grandparents smoked and so you'd walk in their house and you'd come it just out smells and you'd different. just feel like yeah, you just feel like and that's been the biggest change. I think one of the biggest changes in American life is when I was growing up like everything smelled like smoke. You know, every restaurant, every everything and now you know, it's it's you end up with circumstances like this and and uh people are going crazy. Now, last night I was in Cincinnati. The number one prospect in all of baseball, he made his debut, and it was electric. We'll tell you about what happened, and for those of you that don't know about him, why he might be the next A-Rod. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play.
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Yeah, when you hear that music on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance, well, you think about Buster Olney. He is, 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 major, is. League, major League Baseball Insider and host of the Baseball Tonight podcast. Who would you think but Buster? I don't know. You like uh, you like Bust a Bust there, Buster? What it is, what it is. Yeah, when I covered the Yankees back in the, in the late 90s, Homer Bush, who was an infielder on in that team, every time I walked in that club, he'd always start with, Bust a Bust! He right out of the gate. <laughs> Fits perfectly. I agree. Well, all right. So I had you – you were on the show with me and Meyer Metcalf on uh, Sunday, and I asked you about something that was rumored to happen, and then it happened last night. So I wanted to bring you on. Ellie De La Cruz debuted for the Reds last night. I went. I wasn't going to go, but when I heard he was he was debuting, I got my ticket and I went. It was an electric atmosphere. One of the one of the coolest things I've seen in a baseball game. Crowd insane, standing up every time he hit. He's the number one prospect in America. He had the hardest hit ball of the season for the Reds last night. Yep. For people who are not Cincinnati Reds fans, and I would say the vast majority of our listeners are not. How good a prospect is this guy in comparison to history? Like, where are we talking as a guy who debuted last night? So I asked that question in spring training uh, of a of ta- longtime talent evaluator, and he went because he was a Reds player. He said, Eric Davis playing shortstop. So it was very interesting. Oh, interesting. And, and you know, as a Reds fan, Eric Davis used to be the guy, you know, 30-30 every year, uh, tons of power, tons of speed. Um, and it was interesting that when De La Cruz stepped in the box last night, what number is he wearing? 44. 44. Eric Davis. Eric yep. Davis's number. Uh, you know, the, the comparison I made for you the other day, Fernando Tatis Jr., except he's a switch hitter. Um, look, you know, he's still in spring, uh, in the first part of the minor league season this year, he really worked on his plate discipline. He got better as time went on more command of the strike zone. You know, there is a long-term question what his best position is going to be. He got called up. He's been playing third base lately, or last night he did, and he's been playing that down the minor leagues. We'll see if he stays at shortstop. But one way or the other, uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, he's just electric. You know, that hit that you mentioned, you know, 120, 112 miles per hour into the right center field gap, hardest ball hit by any red player this year, and on the same play – he went from home to second base faster than any Reds player this year. Uh, so he's a fun player. He's an exciting player. And if you're a Reds fan like you, you got to be fired up. Buster, the breaking news coming out of baseball. A couple of games have been postponed with the air quality. And uh, if you've been on social media, you've seen the pictures of everything that's been happening in New York. In Philadelphia, they were uh, affected as well. So Phillies, Tigers postponed. Yankees, White Sox postponed. Does baseball have an indication that the air quality is going to be better tomorrow and this problem is going to allow them to play tomorrow? They they don't. They're not sure exactly what's to come. I talked to the one official this afternoon who said that, you know, because we were all seeing the pictures going, how in the world can they play? What's taking them so long to postpone this? And the question they were kicking around was the exact one that you mentioned. You know, well, okay, if you don't play the games today, do you play tomorrow? This is the only trip for the White Sox into New York, and so they don't know exactly how this is going to play out. I'm sure overnight what they're going to hope for is that 
you know, the, the atmosphere, the, 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 the smoke can be blown out and the conditions to be better tomorrow. But they don't know if that's actually going to be the case. I am talking to Buster on ESPN's Major League Baseball Insider. Okay, I'm going to admit, I don't follow baseball beyond my team a whole lot. So when I looked up and saw that a guy on the Marlins was hitting 401, I thought, wait a minute, is that what? The latest anybody's <laughs> done it in 15 years. So tell people about Lewis, is it Aris? How do I say that? Who's now hitting 401? Luis Arise, who Arise. reminds me is someone who covered Hall of Famer Tony Gwynn a little bit like him in that he just, in this era where he has so much swing and miss, he puts the barrel of the bat on the ball better than anybody. He makes contact better than anybody. Uh, and look, you know, I had Tim Kirchin on my podcast uh, this week and asked him the question, do you think Arise is going to hit 400? He goes, short answer, no, because we've seen guys – who have their batting average this high, uh, you know, this at this time of year, but then eventually the baseball season plays out and that guy goes down. Arise is an excellent hitter. I I do think he's an interesting candidate for a couple reasons. One, he's a great hitter, and two, he's playing in Miami, which means that you know there isn't necessarily going to be a lot of attention on him doing that, and he's not going to have to deal with twenty reporters a day. Because I, I think that that is, is much of a challenge in trying to be the first guy since Ted Williams in 1941 to hit 400 is dealing with the attention day by day by day as you go through your plate appearances. Do you think it's actually a possibility with the new baseball rules and the lack of shifting now that somebody could push it a little bit further than what we've seen the last 20, 25 years in terms of trying to hit 400? Yes, uh, especially for him. Um, and, you know, the fact that he puts the ball in place so consistently gives him a chance. Uh, and, you know, he's the type of hitter who, if you're going to have someone take a run at it, he would be the guy. I don't know if he necessarily someone who's going to be, you know, benefit from the rules against defensive shift because he sprays the ball all over the place. You know, Tim told this great story as Byron Buxton, his teammate with the Twins, uh, his, his former teammate with the Twins, about Arise and his mentality. He said, every day Arise shows up and is like, I'm going to get two hits today. And every day it feels like he does it. And as much as, you know, Arise is hitting over 400 this time of year is a surprise, how about the Marlins? Like, yeah. <laughs> they're in second place in the National East. You know, six games over 500. Rookie manager Skip Schumacher doing a great job. Yeah, I want to ask you about that that team. That you know, they've got a young team. The Diamondbacks have like some of the youngest and best uh, rookies going. The Pirates seem to finally have like again with young guys taken of it. Is there a? I, of course, with the Reds, they're all young. Is there kind of becoming an age shift in the league that's happening while we're watching right now? Well, teams are definitely much more comfortable throwing young guys into the fire than they used to be. Um, you know, that when I first started covering baseball back in the nineties, teams would, you know, they would want guys to spend, you know, a certain amount of time at each level in the minor leagues. That's just not the case anymore. The Atlanta Braves are starting a, a yeah. guy in the rotation this weekend who's 20 years old. Uh, you know, today I talked to Toro Lavella, the manager of the Diamondbacks, and he was talking about Corbin Carroll, you know, right away being thrown, uh, you know, thrown in the mix and being very comfortable because he's really developed as a player. I think part of the reason why is a lot of these guys have played a ton of travel ball. Their skills are more refined. How about your man, Ellie De La Cruz, first game in the big leagues, and they're hitting him cleanup. 
<laughs> yeah, that's that can't have happened very often. I wouldn't think they the Reds were starting three rookies, three, four, and five at times. So that's it is amazing. But these teams are actually doing well, Buster. They're not just doing it; they're winning. Well, and on the flip side of that, right, <laughs> you've got the two teams that idiots like me anointed as the winners of the winter: the Mets and the uh, the San Diego Padres. They're struggling, and these young teams are playing with a ton of energy. And I always think back, you know, to what a manager once said to me, you, you know, young guys can change the equation faster than anybody because there's a certain level of energy. Where on the other hand, it feels like the St. Louis Cardinals, you know, like they're, they're trying to push the rock back up the hill. Adam Wainwright, their, uh, you know, their, their uh, leader of that team, saying the other day, look, we got to play with more urgency. Bob Melvin, the manager of the the Padres, is at a team meeting. He's basically said the same thing. I do think you know, that uh, young teams get on a roll, and if you have talented t- uh, group of players like the Diamondbacks do, um, you know, like the Reds do, who knows? When I talked to last night, I was talking with the general manager of the Reds, Nick Kroll, and he mentioned to me as the trade deadline's coming up, he's not ruling anything out. Like, he's looking at his team, and they're playing well, and they're seemingly gathering momentum with these calls from the minor leagues. He's not saying, I'm going to sell. He's going to wait and see how they continue to play here. Buster on ESPN, Major League Baseball insider, host of the Baseball Tonight podcast. Great guest here on the air. Bust a bust. Thank you very much for your time. Absolutely. Congratulations on your man. I fully expect you're going to be wearing a 44 jersey next time you host the show. Uh, Between me and you, I already have one. Got it last (laughs) night. Thank you very much. (laughs) I appreciate it. Uh, Damian Lillard has said the Miami Heat and the Brooklyn Nets would obviously be appealing to him if he requests a trade. Would you go get Damian Lillard, especially with Scoot Henderson left in the draft? We'll deal with that and more next here on Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. It's Canty and Carlin here on ESPN Radio. He's Gabe Neitzel. I'm Matt Jones. He's in Milwaukee. I'm in Kentucky. Uh, Not dealing with the smoke everywhere, but I like the smoke, so I like when Damian Lillard was on Brian Custer's Last Stand podcast. 
because he was letting me know all that was going to happen with his career. And, you know, there's a lot of people who think, Gabe, that the Portland should, trail, should trade Damian Lillard after having him his whole career. It really doesn't make sense with Shaden Sharp there and the number three pick, which will probably be Scoot Henderson, which is another point guard. Maybe it's time to let him go. So he was asked by Brian Custer, who, by the way, as you know to Gabe, that's a history thing, Custer's Last Stand <laughs> podcast. Very, very, very clever. Uh, he was asked where he would like to go and what team he would consider. And here's what he said. Everybody keeps saying Damian Lillard is going to be traded to the Knicks. Damian Lillard's going to be traded to the Heat. Damian Lillard should be traded to the Celtics. Damian Lillard's going to be traded to the Nets. If one of those trades went through out of those teams, which one would you be like, ah, that's not too bad? <laughs> Miami, obviously. <laughs> Miami is the obvious one. And Bam is my dog. Miami is the obvious one. And Bam is my dog. Do you think that was because, Gabe, that obviously they're in the NBA Finals or the weather is great or because Bam is his dog? Why do you think Damian would like that the best? Why, why not all three? I mean, you're looking at a team, yes, that could still – because right now with the Miami Heat, I'm still trying to figure out why and how they got here to the Finals where they're tied at 1-1-1. You're looking at the roster going, okay, Gabe Vincent, Max Struess – Kevin Love is getting minutes just sporadically. Who knows when he's playing, when he's not playing, and so they're somehow getting production out of him. But if they had Dame Lillard next to Bam Adebayo, next to Jimmy Butler, you go, oh, okay, now I can see this. Cause but just- how do you get him? I mean, the only way they could get him, I mean, does Miami have the stuff to get him? I guess, I guess you'd give up Tyler Hero, I guess. Um, but I don't know how else they would be able to get Damian Lillard to Miami. Do you? Yeah, I, I don't. Looking at because again, you look at the roster and you're going, that's not a roster full of assets that you can go out and then you know trade for one of the still premier point guards in the league. Yeah. The dude averaged thirty plus points last year and did it on over forty five percent shooting. And for as deep and as many threes as that dude takes per game, that's pretty efficient. He's still one of the best guys out there. Yeah, I, I don't know how Miami would do it. One of the other teams in there, Boston, I can make that make sense where you do a sign but you'd and have trade. To get rid of Jalen Brown. Well, right? exactly. Like, that's that's what you would have to do. It'd be involving getting rid of Jalen Brown. I the, the thing about Miami is a lot of it would depend, you know, Riley and Spolstra, two of the smartest guys in basketball. And so like they're gonna come up to the point they're gonna have to decide what to do with Tyler Hero. Like how much you're gonna pay. And maybe if you're Pat Riley, you think, you know what, if I don't want to pay him what he's gonna cost Maybe I give him and say Duncan Robinson's contract because that contract is a massive one and say, you take this contract, I'll give you Hero, and then I don't have to pay for him. I just don't know if why Portland would want to do that unless they just think we're picking, picking Scoot Henderson. He's going to be our player, and we don't want Damian Lillard kind of in the way, which I think is what would have to be the case, right? Yeah, I'm guessing you're probably getting some sort of first-round pick in there as well. You know, who knows but what how, year how it ends up being gonna for, be how Miami's good is that going to be. Yeah. But, yeah, but the reason why you would do it is, yes, you've made the decision to move on from Damian Lillard, but you're not going to just give him away. Like, no. You're probably still going to 
end up trading him to the team that can give you the most in return. And as fun as Miami could be with Bam and Jimmy and Damian Lillard, I just don't see that team being the team that can offer Portland the most as they try to go through a rebuild. So you look at the – I think the hard thing for Damian Lillard, for if, if you're Portland, you want – first of all, people don't realize how popular he is there. Like it's there, – there's not a lot of guys who the city – has an em- embraces them on a level like like it's almost impossible to trade Steph Curry even if you wanted to because that those fans have an affinity for him that they're just not gonna let go. I think next to that, who else is like that? Maybe Giannis in Milwaukee up there with you, but Damian's like that in Portland. Even though he doesn't get the same attention, he is beloved there in a way that very few players are. Because he continues to stick by Portland and continues exactly. to say, I want to be here. I want to win a championship here. And Giannis did win a championship here where I am at in Milwaukee and has stood by Milwaukee and has grown up here. And like to the point where Giannis can pretty much do no wrong. Like if Giannis were to leave, I think most people go, yeah, I get it. Appreciate the championship, bud. Go do whatever you got to do. And I think that's the way Portland would look at it as well. Damian Lillard, if he ends up getting traded, Portland Trailblazer fans, yes, are going to be sad and disappointed. But at no point do I believe they would blame Damian for that. No, I don't either. I think there's something about sort of secondary-sized cities like Milwaukee or like Portland that when a player plays there and genuinely loves being there, there's a connection that, like, You almost want what's best for them. And in sports, nobody (laughs) wants what's best. They want what's best for their team. But there's a couple guys that have transcended that, and I actually think Damian Lillard might be one of them. Now, Chris Canty normally is one of the hosts of this show. I'm going to ask him, what's with the air up there in New York? That and all the issues of the day. That's next here on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.